Join us for live sweats. Oh! Yes! Let's go, That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gudikin sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40 and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvath, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. Well, I know tonight that Ryan Horvath didn't bet on the Wizards. No. Nope. Because he's got no money to bet because it's only 47 bets. Yeah, we got a lot this weekend. Player I have props, like sides, half totals. of that. And I thought I had a lot. And you're like, I got 48 bets. I was like, geez. Biggest, uh, biggest slate ever. We got some we got some middles. We got some game of the years. We bet some LSU way, way earlier. We like Alabama. We love Alabama this weekend. So we'll see. We'll love, see how that goes. Love, love? Yeah, love, love. We're all, fading, all in. fading my own team. I think it's a good spot for Clemson. <laughs> I've seen this movie before for Notre Dame. I like Iowa State. And then we got a whole bunch in the NFL. I'm excited for this NFL slate, too, Nick. It's going to uh, be a big one starting at, uh, what, 8.30 a.m.? I'm going to have to wake up now on Sunday morning. 9.30, the Frankfurt Well, that's the what it starts. Game. You could wake up at 9.29 if you want to just turn on the TV. I'll probably have to get up early, take a look but, at some player props. Although I already know what I like in that one. Tell you later on. No, it's perfect. So we call it tease in the business. Of course, if you're in the audience, it's in the, on the West Coast. That's 6.30 a.m. for you. So don't forget. Oh, yeah, you're screwed. Well, and remember, too, we do set our clocks back an hour. Saturday night. Oh yeah, thank you for that. So reminder. there you go. You get an extra. You get an extra. That's sleep. the extra. Yeah. Okay. So this is yeah. the good one that we want. Fall back, yeah. spring forward. That's how I always remember it. Although it gets darker uh, quicker. Yep. That's I don't like suck. that here in DC. Not a fan. Hey, not a fan. Uh, Pacers up fifty-eight forty-five on the Cavs. Knicks an early lead eighteen sixteen over the Bucks in the in-season tournament. The uh, the Pacers court is still really blue. Bucks court. What do you think it. of that? Good. See, that's reasonable. I like that one better. Yeah, I feel reasonable. like I'm watching a basketball game. That's You know what? I think that's what the goal is, right? We want to be sitting there actually watching a basketball game. Yeah, this game. Indianapolis game makes me feel like I'm underwater watching Aquaball. <laughs> Aquaball. That's something I haven't heard in a while. Mm-hmm. Ryan Fowler jumps on with us, comes on from Tuscaloosa. Uh, the game in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, well, yeah. There, I was going to say. I was just thinking about that. I was looking at this because I was debating whether I wanted to jump right into it, and that's what that's what gave me the pause. And I said, you know what, Ryan, you may not expect me to ask about this. You probably think, hey, they're going to ask about LSU Alabama and that game and the offense and the defense, and we will. But I want to know more what you think about Nick Saban finally finding out that that busted blood vessel in his eye is about yelling too much. Is that the most Nick Saban thing that we could ever have? It's just typical, right? I mean, he always has a message. And, you know, I heard it was pretty loud throughout the week when you look at Nick Saban on Monday and Tuesday. Didn't hear a lot about Wednesday, but yesterday, Thursday's practice. And then he walks in with that, you know, bubble on his eye. And he says, it's not from coughing, it's from yelling. That's typical Nick Saban. And for anybody out there right now, if you're listening to the show and you doubt that Nick Saban you know, there's any gas left in the tank, and you're going, oh, he's getting old, he's, he's worn out. You've never been to practice, because I promise you, they hear it all over campus. He is the loudest guy. When we were allowed to go to practice, uh, you would walk out there, and you're going, my heavens, where does the energy come from? I have heard from people that know him who never, he, he never says, I'm tired. I don't feel well. Heck, I say that every hour. I'm tired. And I'm, I mean, I don't feel well. And, and he doesn't – he's never done it. Like, they've never heard this. I mean, 
he's programmed to a different level. I can only dream to have that much energy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I still I love him, and I can't wait for this game. I'm starting to come around a little bit on this Alabama team, you know, especially the offense with Jaden Milrow. Um, who, again, you know, you kind of had to flip things over there. You make it a more run-heavy offense, but he could hit the deep ball. What are your thoughts right now on that offense? You know, the only issue I have has been the offensive line, giving up a lot of pressures. Milrow does hang on to the ball a little bit too long sometimes. But what do you think about the offense right now as they head into this big matchup with LSU? You know, it's a work in progress. I mean, I'll walk you back to August when we talked about this team was going to play smash-mouth football. They were going to be physical. You know, that wasn't just analysts like myself saying that. That was players talking about, hey, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna get back to joyless murder ball is what they call it in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> well, uh they didn't do that. I mean, this team has not been able to perform at that level and really what we thought we thought was going to be a strength around this offensive line, it's more of a weakness than it is a strength. So you gotta start there. They're still rotating a lot of guys. I feel like they've settled in right now with the five guys. It's taken a lot of time. But this offense is still a work in progress. Now, I do think that there's more. If Tommy Reese will call a game plan based on the strengths of his team, then they can make this thing work. But if not, you know, they can also look like a team that's just, you know, running on two wheels. So when you look at we thought they were going to use the tight ends. They really haven't done that. Wide receivers. You know, are okay, Jermaine Burton, but what Alabama's accustomed to with the guys like Jerry Judy and Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell, there's not one of those on this football team. Running backs, I think they're just kind of average. They're not – they can be, but I don't think they get them enough touches. So when you look at this offense, going up against LSU's defense, I've said it all week, if they don't find themselves in this game, then I look at Tommy Reese and go, this – Experiment with a young and up and coming offensive coordinator didn't work out. It, it didn't. It didn't go well for Alabama. This offense has not been what Alabama fans thought it would be. You've obviously been through the ebbs and flows of this season, and it felt like a lot of people were willing to write off Alabama pretty early this year. And given the offense and the issues, and kind of what you just talked about, I think it was fair to say there were at least a lot of question marks there. Do you look at this team now and say everybody wrote them off too soon? They've still got a chance to get into the college football playoff, even compared to some of the teams you've obviously seen in Tuscaloosa in the past? Well, I don't think it's, I don't think it's unfair for people to write Alabama off at the early part of the season because they look nothing like a championship caliber. And, and unfortunately, Alabama's judged to a different standard, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. You're not looking and you're not saying, hey, you know, we want to look like the Mississippi State Bulldogs or, you know, a smaller team in the SEC, Alabama has to play up to a certain standard. It's like that A-plus student. They, they come in and they score a 92, and you're like, man, what happened? Why, why did you not – I mean, did you not study? And so Alabama's judged to a different standard. But listen, there's been a lot of frustration in Tuscaloosa when you think about this offense that we thought would be able to create some. It certainly starts with, you know, the offensive line. Milrow has done some things that – you know, you're like, okay, run the ball, run the ball. Because if he can take a look at what Daniels is is there, okay, and you think about his mobility, that opens up that offense. And and something tells me that all we've heard, and I've preached it here for four hours, five days a week, LSU offense, LSU offense. Yep. If this Alabama offense has any ounce of pride, they're going to come out and go, hey, hold on a minute, hold on. Now, we know we're playing the number one offense, but we're okay, too. So I expect Alabama will have its best game. Plus, you're going up against one of the weakest 
defenses in the SEC, I think, look at yards per play. They're like 108 in the country. They give up six yards per attempt. I mean, the LSU defense is bad. So if you don't have success against this group, uh, you're probably not going to find it anywhere else. Do you think the defense is going to be able to get consistent stops? You know, you look at it, and like you said, Jaden Daniels, right now I think he should actually be the Heisman favorite, even though they have the two losses. And you have Malik Neighbors, you have Brian Thomas. And Daniels right now leads the nation. He has almost a 70% completion rate on throws at least 15 yards down the field. But Alabama's fifth in the nation, you know, defending those type of throws down the field. They have a really good secondary. I love Kool-Aid McKinstry. Do you think they're going to be able to get consistent stops in this game to shut down that offense just enough to win the ballgame? Well, you know, Nick Saban's kryptonite has always been mobile quarterback. Yep. I mean, you could go back and you can, you know, you just go through the list. Uh, and sometimes they make quarterbacks play, you know, well above their head. So, but also keep in mind, with Daniels last year, it was not the pass that got it. Because when you look at beating Alabama, it was 180-something yards passing. And when, when you back up a couple of minutes, it was about the mobility. It was about 11 carries. I think he had 95 yards rushing. So you've got to be able to stop that. If you don't stop that, then then he's going to have a field day. But this Alabama defense is different under Kevin Steele. It plays different. The confidence is level. If you'll watch the communication, there is no, like, looking across right before the ball was snapped last year. They used to look and be like, they were confused, like, hold on, what, what do we do? What do we do? There really hasn't been a lot of that other than just a little bit in the fourth quarter against Texas back in September. We haven't seen that. Kevin Steele has come in. He's fixed the defense. Yeah, it's Nick Saban's defense, but he has to call it. This is the difference between Kevin Steele and Pete Golding from last year. Yep. It just seems like it's a much more competent unit. And I think they'll find some game plans. Listen, uh, coming out of the second half, in that third quarter, has been the best, best performance for both offense and defense. They've been a little sluggish, so if you're looking for a little line, uh, Alabama didn't play very good in that first quarter. They have it all season. I don't expect anything different tomorrow, but if you try to bury, let's say you give LSU a few extra possessions in the first half, I don't know if you're going to be able to run them down like you've been able to do other teams uh, that have you know played Alabama this year. Talking to Ryan Fowler, BetMGM tonight. All right, we asked our last guest the last hour of this. I'm going to ask you the same question. LSU offense, Alabama defense, who do you give the advantage to? Ooh. Well, offense certainly, you know, I used to say championships, you know, defense wins championships like everybody else. But in this current rule system, they're going to win some. I mean, you know, if you think Alabama's going to, you know, stop them to, you know, 17, 21, 24, you're crazy. I, I just, I'm not buying it. I try to convince Alabama fans all week. Listen, uh, a win would be 28 points. If you could slow them down to about 28 points, I think that'd be a win because just the rules are based on, you know, letting the offense have production. So, to me, I think Alabama's going to win some. I don't think LSU's going to hit their average because as much as we talk about Alabama, Alabama's defense has not played an offense like this. You could flip the script, and you could say LSU's offense has not played a defense like Alabama. Alabama's going to be physical. They're going to punch you in the mouth. They're going to bring pressure all different type of ways. You know, as Kevin Steele loves to blitz, he loves to you know be exotic with those blitz packages. Alabama's defense is, is a legit championship-caliber defense. I think they're going to win some and lose some, but I don't think LSU's going to hit their average of where they've been. And really, if you look at LSU, they've lost to Florida State. They lost to Ole Miss. Really, if you think about the win that they're going to hang their hat on, what is it? Missouri on the road? Maybe? I, but really, if you look at the quality of schedule that they've won the six games, 
you, you not Auburn, not Grambling. I mean, you, you start going through the schedule and you're like, okay, where's the win? You lost Ole Miss, you lost Florida State, you beat the Missouri Tigers on the road. That's where you hang your hat on if you're an LSU Bengal Tiger. Yeah, and I mean, the defense, even with all those five stars, even with a guy like Perkins, like, you saw that week one against Florida State. Uh, Brian Kelly, like, what are you doing dropping him back in coverage? He's a pass rusher. Have him rush the passer. I've been disappointed with LSU, and as a Notre Dame fan, I could tell you, Brian Kelly, this is one of the games I don't like Brian Kelly in. I like him in certain matchups. I'm going to give the advantage to the GOAT, Nick Saban. So, Ryan, what I want to talk to you about, I've been trying to tell anybody that will listen, I think Alabama's live to win the national title. and You're never going to get a price 14-1, to 1, I don't think, with the Crimson Tide ever again, at least until Nick Saban retires or leaves or whatever. So you have LSU. Um, first, actually, before I get to this question, give us a prediction. Who do you like in the game coming up tomorrow? I like Alabama 34 to 30, so it's going to be close. So you got to look at the spread and yeah. you go, okay, Bama minus the points. You, you, you know, you're going to be close. I like, it's going to be a fourth quarter game. Uh, but if you're, I, I think I know where the next question is going to go, and I'm going to tell you the same thing I told my wife. Yep. You're going to ask me about a national title, okay? My I'm gonna, wife. Well, I'm going to ask you because I don't have a lot of faith in Kentucky, Chattanooga, <laughs> or Auburn knocking off Alabama. So before we even get so, to the national title of the playoff, can they beat Georgia on a neutral? I think they can. I really do. I think this Alabama team has grown up. Tomorrow is going to be the big test. Okay, My wife is sitting here because <laughs> if you cover Alabama, you never have a chance to enjoy any type of Christmas festivities. Yep. You're always traveling to a, uh, a neutral site bowl game. She's willing to book this big cruise for Christmas. Okay, And I've told her because every time this team starts struggling, they pull out a win. They go, okay, well, hold on. I'm like, we can't do anything until they completely lose and they're out of it. I told her, she said, can, can we book the cruise? I said, no, no, you've got to wait through the LSU game because this is going to be the game. If they get through this, to me, this may be the biggest challenge for Alabama offensively, and you're going to find it. Listen, Georgia's on another level, but something tells me there's a hiccup somewhere. You know, we didn't think Georgia would play with Alabama a couple of years ago. Alabama beat them in Atlanta, uh, and they earned the right end. This Alabama team has grown up, and we've watched them. I think their best football is ahead of them. I, I do. I, I've watched this. And if Nick Saban gets this team to Atlanta, don't forget about winning it. I think it will be his personal best coaching job because he's righted the, you know, the storm. And, and when he thought this team needed to be pushed, he pushed them. When he thought this team needed to back off, he backed off. I mean, he, he's really good on the psychological side. And I've watched him navigate this season. It will be his best coaching job if he's able to get this team to Atlanta. Ryan Fowler, host of The Game with Ryan Fowler, Tuscaloosa's longest-running sports talk show. Appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on with us. Great stuff. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. You guys have a great evening. Thank oh, you, you too. Roll Damn Tide. Man, let me tell you That's something. That's awesome. A little on-air producing. Clip that last um, stuff, that, that last answer, because that was the good stuff right there. I'm in complete agreement. I mm -hmm. think Alabama guys, I think that they're going to run the table. They're going to win the national championship. Oh, my God. And this would be Nick Saban's <laughs> best coaching job. Tommy Reese yeah. got hired really late. They had to completely flip the offense. Dude, Tyler Buckner started a game for Alabama. Ugh. Tyler Buckner! Didn't last long, though. I can tell you one thing. He sucks. Tyler Suckner. Hashtag analysis Thank right you. there. Yeah. We start our look at the rest of Week 9 in the NFL next. Bet MGM tonight. 
We'll be right back in just a few. Head over to BetMGM to place a better three. This is BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQA. Stuff is because it feels like we have the perfect partnership in the NFL between Kirk Cousins and Coles. Has there ever been a better brand deal with somebody who is extremely self-aware that he dresses like a dad? Have you seen somebody's fits sponsored by Kohl's? Like, they look right up his alley. And I took my hat to him. (laughs) I actually have not seen these. This does not shock me at all. It's actually perfect. Perfect guy. I will give Kirk Cousins credit enough. You know, you you mentioned it, which is at least he's self-aware enough to know. You know, that's the worst when people just have no self-awareness at all and they'll dress a certain way or they'll act a certain way and they just don't see why what they're doing or what they're wearing is ridiculous. But I think this is chef's kiss. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app. talking to a couple folks about this and I think Drake may even with the loss Drake may look better in that loss than Caleb looked in his his loss and I, the big thing for me when I'm watching these games and and and, and I, I'm looking for advancement right I'm looking for development um and I just I, I don't see him getting better I see him doing a lot of the same things and now that teams have a beat on it they're making him make mistakes and now that he's making mistakes there's frustration and you can see it on the sidelines and that's the whole deal so when i look at him i think may has an opportunity to push but i also think Penix, a guy who i said should be the front runner for the heisman Penix has an opportunity to push as well and so with caleb williams we also have to go to the nfl right and so you got to look at what lincoln riley's done and he's had kyler murray i'm not giving him jalen hurts I am going to, I'm going to leave Jalen Hurts at Alabama. I am. I'm going to leave him at Alabama simply because there's no other Oklahoma quarterbacks that are squatting 700 pounds. That's Bama built. So I'm going to go with that. Mm -hmm. Um, But Baker Mayfield also as a top pick and both of those guys, one's been around the league. He's already been around the block in Baker. And then the other one, his own team does not want him to play in Kyler Murray. So I think kind of the shines come off the apple with Lincoln Riley and you watch him, how frustrated he's been getting over the course of these games and not being able to get stuff done. I just don't, when I watch Caleb Williams play, a lot of it is out of phase. A lot of it is out of the structure of an offense. And to be in the NFL, you've got to play within the offensive structure. Drake May plays within the structure of that offense. Do I love that offense? Not exactly, but he still plays within the structure of an offense. It's not all improv. And so I think that's the difference here. And yeah, there's going to be somebody, you know, whether it's like the Colts with Anthony Richardson that are going to take a gamble on someone that's willing to play that that makes their best plays without with it outside of the structure of the offense. But I think Drake May is now becoming more of a Drake May and Michael Pinch are becoming more 
they're bubbling up from everyone I talked to from an NFL standpoint because they play within the structure and they find ways to make plays. They know when guys are supposed to be open. They understand where the plays are made instead of everything else. They they can use the auxiliary, but at the end of the day, what we're seeing are, is teams want guys that can still play within the structure. I think we need to set mm-hmm. some parameters for roasting people for oh. their bets because I'm not going to lie. Last week's teaser was absolutely terrible. I don't think I hit a single leg in it, which is fine. And at the end of the day, it counts for one bet. So people are saying, oh, all of your takes were terrible. Listen, if you lose a part. Let the conversation continue with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Ryan Horvat, Nick Ashu. Uh, so we have the Pacers blue and yellow court for the in-season tournament, Ryan. We've got the Bucks, which is kind of more of just a traditional-looking almost wood, but it's like a yellow yeah. with a green stripe down the middle. And then we've got what the Miami Heat court looks like right now, which is red with a gray stripe down the middle. You like the red? Um, I like the red. All right, so I'll power rate these really quick. All right, okay? power rate the three that we've got going on. I'm going to go Pfizer Forum, number one. Shout okay. out to Milwaukee. And if yep. you're in the area, check out Golden Chicken. Get the Ryan Horvath special, which is 10 chicken breasts, mini tacos, a large French fry, and an onion ring. And on Fridays, you do the uh, you do the fried cod, too, if you're Good in the God. area. No wonder you weighed 200 pounds before. Hey, <laughs> damn. That's uh, a lot number, of food. number two, I'll go with the red one. And then number three, whatever this monstrosity is down here, whatever this <laughs> Nonsense is I'm watching on TV three. It looks like the uh like the uh give me a word, Luke. The puke field house. I don't know. It's so, a, it's SpongeBob esque. Yeah. It looks like a cartoon. That, that, that'll do it. It looks like a cartoon, the Pacers court does. Pacers up 70-53 at halftime. Miles Turner's got twenty two points. Donovan Mitchell's got twenty. Knicks are down thirty six twenty nine to the Bucks. Uh Wizards up early, nineteen sixteen on the You know what's funny? You had uh Eric Spolster get remember he was getting frustrated when people would ask about heat culture last year on the yeah. playoff run? Which I never understood. It's literally a compliment. It's people saying how great the organization is, and he got tired of it. Have you looked at what their uh Nike City Edition jerseys say this year? Heat culture. It says culture under heat on the jerseys. You can't have both. You either don't like it, and I'm sure he didn't have a lot to do with the actual uh, creation of it, but you think the organization's probably at least asked by Nike, hey, what do you think of this? You'd think so, right? I would think so. You'd think so. So you, you can't not like... It probably is. And you know what? That makes it even funnier. I agree. I agree. Why, why doesn't he like Whatever. the heat culture, though? I don't know. He just got tired of people asking about it. I never really understood that because hmm. it's the ultimate compliment. It's saying yeah. you've built. I mean, who doesn't want to work in a place that has great culture? That's what they've built. It's as good of culture, winning culture, successful that's, as you could possibly have. That's what I love about Odyssey and the BetQL Network. Great culture, one team, one dream. One dream. I there wake up go. bright and early with the daily oh, tip. My night doesn't end until 
After we get off the air, I go home, I re-listen to every show. They're so damn good. I'm like, I wonder what Ed said today on BetQL Daily. Boom, right there in podcast form, I got it available. What did Nick and Ken talk about? What did Ken have on Lockmas? Who's Nick betting to score the first touchdown of the game? Boom, right there on the podcast. Did you know Joe Ostrowski, Joe O, hit the triple crown? I, he I have made that, yes. If you missed it, the mm-hmm. promo is going to run four times during this mm-hmm. show tonight. I know it was in July. It happened. Joe O hit the triple crown. On with the game previews. I love football. Thing is, uh, most of our affiliates around the country don't hear those promos. Oh. So, just so you know. They hear nausea, da, 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 yeah. the diarrhea. Yeah, they, well, I mean, maybe. That's the... <laughs> That's, I know. That's it's Beto Bismol, yeah. I know. Or 1877. No, don't, don't do that. Don't you do that to me. It's stuck in my head now. It's over. I get songs stuck in my head so easily. Donate those cars today. You guys are the worst. 1877 cars. They should do like a guar version. So, anyways, Miami and Kansas City. To me, do you guys think it's a little ridiculous to be playing 930 games? So here's well, my in Germany, honest, Luke, my, so they're not playing a 9.30 a.m. game. Well, you, you know what I mean. Yeah, and, honest and, answer here, man. I, I'm actually really tired of the London and, and now the, what's going to be lots of Germany games. I get it. I love the NFL. I love football. I don't need it, the games to start at 9.30 in the morning. I don't need it to happen, especially a game like this. I don't need Kansas City and Miami. Two teams, two of the best teams in the AFC. A game that everybody has circled. A game that everybody's excited about. I don't need that game starting at 9.30 a.m. Eastern, I mean, but you, I'm going to watch it. By the way, the Chiefs are now one-and-a-half-point favorites. The total's 50-and-a-half in this game. I mean, if you think about it, too, though, like why can't it be at 1 Eastern in the United States? It would be a 6.30 kickoff or, like, 6 o'clock kickoff in Germany. It would be kind of cool because it would be a night game They want it to be a standalone, o'clock. though. I understand yeah. that, but... I do like what you're yeah. saying, though, about a night game that's on in the middle of the day for us. That's actually kind of a cool idea. Yeah, I think it is pretty cool. That, the, the I get optics, it, though. It wants the, to stand alone. Yeah, the but, optics yeah. of that, but you want the standalone. And listen, everybody's going to watch this. I mean, this is one of the best games. I'm, I'm curious, though. N- nobody knows for sure whether Taylor Swift is going to be there, but shouldn't she show up so she can improve her Germany audience? So everybody over there in Germany. Look, so Dirk She's Novitsky big everywhere. And all Don't worry. Yeah. She's big in Germany. Hey, you can always get bigger. You can always get bigger. Yeah, no. she She's probably not going to be at this game. I don't think she will be, which means you fade Travis Kelsey. Happened last week, you do it again. He mentioned it, by the way, in his press conference. Did you see that? Yeah. He was like, yeah, I can't say whether she's going to be there. You know, my uh, my my reception numbers and everything, Vegas uh, yeah. raises them and lowers them yeah. and moves her. Didn't really describe it well. Clearly, he's not a better, but that's okay. Uh, shouldn't be anyway on the NFL because we don't need him getting suspended. But he knows the deal. He knows what's going on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I checked out the podcast uh, that they do as well. I'm not going to give them a plug because they are not an Odyssey or a BetQL no, podcast. No, we will not support that. But he was talking about the same thing. And it is, you know, I'm not going to lie. It's a good podcast. I'm a big Travis Kelsey guy. I'm a big T-Swift guy. You know what else I'm a big fan of? What? Unders. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm a fan of in this game? The under. I bet it at 51. We've actually come back down to 50 and a half. As far as the side guys, I cannot bet against Patrick Mahomes coming off a loss. And I also don't know that I want to bet against this Dolphins team right now because I think that they are going to, in the next couple weeks get much better on the defensive side of the ball for Vic Fangio now that they have their full secondary. Howard's healthy. You finally Jaylen have Jalen Ramsey. There, he had yeah. an interception already last week. He had one of the most like awesome hype videos ever for his comeback. 
So uh, I'm not going to do anything with the side. I just want to learn about these teams. But I do like the under. It's the Germany game. And if you look at the three games, you know, that they've had there, uh, the last three, I feel like the under is hit by, like, a combined... I know it comes in, like, 10 points below the total or something like that. And Kansas City right now has a top-five pass defense as far as efficiency. They're getting pressure at a 44% rate. And Tua struggles under pressure, but they do get healthier on the offensive line this week. Um, he's going to get his left tackle back. Mm-hmm. He's going to get his starting center back. That's pretty big for a quarterback that's already getting rid of the ball 2.5 seconds fastest in the league. Um, Tyreek revenge game, maybe you go with an anytime touchdown, but I think this is going to be a lower scoring game. And the reason I think that is, when you think like Miami, you think Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, Tua's right now the favorite to win MVP or second favorite, depending what book you're looking at. You're thinking of that pass game, but they want to run the ball. That's what Mike McDaniel's uh, MO is. Like He was the run game coordinator in San Francisco. Kyle Shanahan calls him one of the better offensive minds he's ever worked with, the best offensive mind. And right now, they have the most efficient run game in the NFL in Kansas City's bottom 10 in defensive rush efficiency. So I think on those standard downs, it's four or five yard runs. You know, they have multiple backs that they're using. Like I said, the Dolphins are getting a little bit healthier on D. And the Chiefs' offense, I don't know what they are right now. They're coming off a stinker against Denver, but Patrick Mahomes did have the flu. And even though they haven't looked good, I looked at the efficiency numbers. They're just not number one. They're still top five. As bad as it looks right now, they don't have a true number one. They're still top five as far as efficiency. And I just want to learn about these teams because the Dolphins have played three top ten offenses of this season. In those games, they're giving up an average of 38 points per game. Last four weeks, things have looked much better. You know, Vic Fangio usually does pretty well against Patrick Mahomes. But he also plays a bunch of zone, and the Chiefs eat zone alive. So for me, just the under in this game. Um, I want to see also, does Miami play a little bit more man against Kelsey? Because right now the Dolphins really struggling to defend tight ends. Bottom seven in EPA, targets, yards, all against tight ends. This could be a Kelsey game unless they switch things up and play some man. So if anything, maybe I add a Kelsey... You know, over on the receptions, anytime mm-hmm. touchdown. Right no, now, just Tay-Tay's the, not going to be there. Don't do it. Yeah, right now, just Don't the do it. just the under fifty one, <laughs> even at fifty and a half. I think this is going to be a lower scoring game, and I bet you this ends up being one of the more bet totals of the day. A lot of people are going to like the over because yep. it's you know Mahomes against Tua, so under for me here. And that's fair. I mean, but the tra- travel is like this is a whole different ball game, and we haven't seen teams even go to Germany yet. Yeah. I don't know if it, the travel is any different than going to London, but like again, the, they don't. They're not used to traveling in this way that they're traveling, so this makes it even more complicated. I think that's something. You factor in it. Glad this. you brought that up. The Dolphins, I kind of like what they did a little bit better. Mm-hmm. They travel on Monday. Chiefs left midweek. Yeah. So the Dolphins better have been there. They're probably earlier. a little bit more Which is what uh, the, used to the schedule. The Ravens did that, too, because they got worked the last time they were in London, yeah. and, that's, and it worked for them. So yeah, that's that's something to think about there. Yeah. How do you guys think they uh, they use Jalen Ramsey in this matchup? Do you think they line him up with somebody, or do you think possibly they would just leave him on one side of the field to take a uh, take away one side of the field, or do you think they're actually going to line him up with somebody? He doesn't really travel. Yeah. You know, Jalen Ramsey doesn't. He did, um, like, he does in a big matchup. A couple of years ago in the NFC playoffs against Devontae Adams, he traveled, but he got absolutely cooked by Devontae. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you want that, because Jalen Ramsey is not the lockdown. He's still good, don't get me wrong. He's yeah. not Jalen Ramsey from the Jacksonville no, run. No, no, we're going not. to the Super Bowl, and we're going to win that bitch. I love that Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> he was a lot of He fun. has been a lot quieter. Yeah. But he's still he's still, he's still damn really good. good. Look, I think a... they're going to get better defensively. But um, yeah, I got to see it this week against this Chiefs team, man. Yeah, yeah that, I think you leave my on one side. That's really been the biggest issue. Has been if the if the Dolphins can get their defense to more of even just a middle of the pack. Let's say like inside the top fifteen. 
this is a team that can go to the Super Bowl because that offense can compete with anybody here. But, I mean, listen, I think you'd be crazy not to take Tyreek Hill overs no matter what. Oh, I mean, yeah. Legereus Sneed, that's your challenge. Guess what? You got Tyreek in a revenge game where he basically said they're going to get that work, and he said it's bulletin board material. He's okay with it. Tyreek knows exactly what's going on. He's going to be motivated in this game. I still really like, on the other side of things again, Rasheed Rice. He led all Chiefs receivers in snaps played against the Broncos. And I know, look, it was it's hard to take away a lot from that game given the fact that Mahomes was sick and they just looked horrible offensively. And it was yeah. just it was a complete mess all the way around. But I already took the over on his receiving yards, Rasheed Rice and his receptions. A little bit of juice on him, so I actually just parlayed them together and got some plus money because it's like three and a half and forty-one and a half, and it was really they're not huge numbers still. The market hasn't really caught up to what the targets represent and the snap count represents for somebody like Rasheed Rice. So I say you just keep going back to that. I mean, he's averaged five targets a game. He's put up some significant fantasy points, too, if you want to look at it from that perspective. You know how I always try to take in fantasy and then look at it in the props market, too. I think this is going to be a good spot where Rasheed Rice sneaks in and gets some, gets some decent targets. And, and he's kind of established himself as, like, they don't really have a number one. Yeah. But you can tell they want him to be that guy. Yeah, the receiving yards, 46 and a half. Oh, 46. Then why did I... Don't hate that. Well, no, some, num- some numbers... It must have gone up. No, I'm some trying... numbers are moving around a little it's bit. It's got to. I got low in the low 40s. I'm almost yeah. positive. I'd have to look. Oh, yeah. Low all, 40s. all these are going to head up. That's why if you like overs, I try to play my overs by tonight. Oh, and absolutely. Then... I bet most of my props on Fridays. And then any unders I'll play on Sunday. I got, like, a whole sheet of overs and a couple unders that I played. Um, yeah, I actually like the receptions, too, to be to be honest with you, for Rice. Four and a half, and it's plus money, plus 125 to the over. The Kelsey price is up at seven and a half, and it's actually juiced to the under. I couldn't go under. Tyreek, the revenge game, over seven and a half receptions. You're getting better than even money, plus 105 right now. And then the anytime touchdown for Tyreek Hill, minus 115. Travis Kelsey's minus 140. Um who I like a little bit in this game, I brought up that the Chiefs, the one area you can hit them right now, they're bottom 10 against the run, Mm -hmm. and you look at what the Dolphins are doing, and you don't really know about it because you just think about that passing attack, but I might take a look at some rushing props uh, in this game as well. And Pacheco, or are you going to Mostert? I'm going to go with Mostert, mm-hmm. and right now, actually, you know what? Jeff Wilson Jr., I don't know how many touches he's going to get, but his number's only 15.5. Mostert's 52.5. I might sprinkle a little bit on both. I think this is going to be a big ground game for Miami, which is why I like the under so much. And it's such a short price with Wilson. I already might have to start him in fantasy. Don't ask. Bad, bad, bad <laughs> league for backs. Uh, I, might, I might roll with them until A-Chain gets back. So, you know Isaiah Pacheco is one of my running backs. I take the rushing and receiving almost every week. 65 and a half for the rushing, rushing, receiving combined. 82 and a half. Yeah, yeah. I'm not touching it this week. He's had 37 and 60 the last two weeks. He's only gone over that total right there twice this entire season. Once against Denver earlier this year when they actually won 198 he had 98 total yards and then once against the jets when he had 158 total yards so that's a high number i'm actually staying away i just i'm not comfortable taking the under just in case like i said i don't take unders on guys that usually hit a certain number but they've really really inflated that total now so for me it's a stay away but isaiah pacheco in the past and maybe you target just one or the other right just the rushing yards or just the receiving yards because the problem has been we haven't seen as many targets and as just as many attempts with Pacheco over the last couple weeks. Just eight against Denver, 13 against the Chargers. You go back to Denver before and then Minnesota was 16-16-20 against the Jets. So if, if they start targeting him more again, I might go back on that. But right now, that number is way too high for me. Completely agree. Yeah, not a whole lot I'm going to do with props in this one just because I want the under um, really badly. I'm going to be waking up. And I just want to bright and early. Relax. Yeah, I'm gonna have to be awake for this one though. This yeah. is gonna have to be like four espressos by nine a.m. because this isn't like the you get to ease into your day with 
you know, Atlanta or Tennessee or no. one of these, you know, like middle of the pack teams. This is a possible AFC championship. They need to game. stop doing this. I want getting it. Nine thirty Germans should be give them our bad teams. I'm gonna wake up and drink some. What's a German beer I should drink, Luke? Google that while you make yourself useful. In fact, I, go get me one. I, I am seeing <laughs> that uh, Patrick Mahomes is his first time ever in Europe, so hopefully he got his passport. He that did. would, uh, that he would did. not be Well, good. I hope so. He, I'm sure somebody did that for him. probably be there by now, Luke. Yeah, come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, Luke. He's been there since Wednesday. They have He's there people right to now. do this, okay? Wait, I think by now we would have heard breaking news. Patrick Mahomes forgot his passport, and yeah. he's not in Germany. I mean, yeah. we, we know what's going to happen yeah. here. It's not like the video goes down. It takes him three months Damn, to Damn, Luke. Like, you know, Luke, on. use your brain. You're still hung. You have hungover brains still. They got, they got, they got I hope they working. leave Chase Claypool. In Germany, guy yeah. goes to the mall. Yeah, I promise you, the Chiefs got people with working brains. Yeah, guy, guy goes to Pittsburgh for a night and watches the Steelers, and now he's just lost everything up there. Yeah, did you leave your brain up there, Luke? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what else did you lose there? Uh, I almost lost money because I was thinking about going to the casino right next to Acushure Stadium. Really glad I didn't do that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think that was probably it. Well, make yourself Hopefully. some money. Under fifty-one, under fifty and a half is just fine. But always shop around Dolphins, Chiefs. In Germany, the under. Dolphins 5-0 and against the spread, by the way, as favorites. 1-2 uh, and two against the spread as underdogs this I can't season, if you love game. those trends. I know, I know. I just, again, the 9-30 for this, no, there's no need. There's no need for it to be, but I guess we're sending them the good games, right? Yep. I wish I could do a German accent, because I would make a joke about that. But I, that's one of the harder accents to do for me. I can't do it. I don't have any German in me. Can't do that voice. No I German. just can't do it. All right, nope. we look ahead. We got Vikings, Falcons, Cardinals, Browns. It looks like Deshaun Watson may be playing. How that changes the outlook of that game. It's Bet MGM tonight. It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more Bet MGM tonight. Presented by Bet MGM. Live from BetQL. Parlay or teaser by one leg or four, mm -hmm. it does not matter. It counts the same. But there is nothing worse than people who come on after the fact and say, all yeah. of these picks were terrible. Well, you have to say that before the game starts or else you just look like a Monday morning quarterback because obviously anybody can come in after the game and say, oh, you should have picked this team. So can we set some parameters for roasting people's sure. picks? I say if you don't roast somebody before the game starts, you shouldn't be allowed to roast somebody at all. Yes. If you roast someone after the fact, you're a loser. You know why? Because anybody can do that. Anyone. Anyone can say, oh, I'll just wait and see how this plays out. And if you win, I won't say anything. But if you lose, I'll troll you. That's just, that's, that's lowbrow thinking. So, yeah, if you're going to call somebody out and say, I disagree with this pick, fine. Disagree before the fact. Don't do it afterwards. A child can do that. Also, if you're going to provide generic fifth grade insults, I'm not going to mm -hmm. acknowledge you. Because it is one thing if you listen to my reasoning, you say, hey, I have a problem with your line of thinking. This is wrong, and I think you need to consider this, other than just somebody simply commenting, wrong. Like, that's the worst. <laughs> like, you can't even argue with these people. Because I will follow up and say, okay, what exactly about my handicap do you disagree right. with specifically? And they never have an answer. And then they just follow up, see, you were wrong. I'm like, okay, well, if you can't tell me why I was wrong, then like you don't have any grounds for insults. And also another thing, if you don't have your picture as your profile picture, and if you don't use your name uh, as true. your profile name, you can't insult anybody 
for anything. It's very easy to hate from the sidelines. If you don't put your name to it, mm -hmm. sit down. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app. One thing that I would have is just like how this experience is going to start coming more and more to the forefront of our lives, like your life and my life and like Tyler's life and Jake's life and Alex's life and downtown Mike Brown's life and your life, the person listening and watching this right now, where I have a three team parlay last night in the national, among other bets, right? And my parlay is going to be closed out by the Colorado Avalanche. We're playing on the road at the Seattle Kraken. Now, I get into bed and, like, attempt to fall asleep last night. At the end of the first period, the Kraken are up one nothing on a goal by my guy, Yamamoto, scores. And the Kraken take a one nothing lead uh, against the Avalanche at the end of the first. And I fall asleep. And I wake up maybe around, like, 1.40. And I know because the first thing I did when I, when I woke up was look at my phone, see what time it is. And now, back to BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. So much color on these cords. Somebody, so somebody had a good tweet about this one out in Miami. They said, is this game being played in hell? Ooh, look at kind of Shorty in like the it. front row. I'd like to go to Hades if she's there. Just kidding, man. See you in about three hours. You just want to get yourself in trouble, don't you? Digging yourself she's not, a hole. She's not watching on Friday not, night. Not a chance. She's she already knows the you. picks, baby. She saw the sheet. That's why. You at home, though, you haven't. You got to stick around until 11. One, two, three, four, five, six. Eight player props this week. Nick, you asked me last night. Mm -hmm. You don't play a whole lot of player props. Oh, I do. You're in tonight. I just don't give them when Trista's here because she mushes them. But she, she ain't here tonight. Uh, no, I'm just true. kidding. I'm just kidding. No. She's on assignment tonight. We actually, so people don't know this. No assignment. So Trista is actually in the Middle East right now <laughs> doing some work. 
All right, maybe you see it on CNN. Maybe you see it on the BetQL network. Maybe she's stepping away from sports. Maybe hitting some some hard J, some hard journalism. I've heard some she's hard actually. News. I've heard she's actually scouting uh, some of the sites for the 2034 World Cup in Saudi Arabia. No, actually. she's just under the weather. We wish her well, though, Trista. Get well soon. We'll hope to see you on Monday at MGM National Harbor for. Are you ready for some football? Who the hell's even playing? Uh... I forgot already, Luke. Fill some time for me. Chargers' so I... chance is gonna be what's up. Oh here. man, I might need to fake sick. <laughs> good. Just Maybe just I will too. I don't really want to watch. What do you know? It's your Jets, man. Jay, I know. I'm actually excited. Zach that Wilson, game. your That's guy. That's a good game. That's a big game. Who is, do you love? Is Aaron coming back? Yeah. Oh, this year. Yes, oh, this God. year. And I'll tell you the day. Oh, Luke, why did you do this? <laughs> why? Why? Hold on. <laughs> I have it marked. Uh, but let me. Uh, he's got like he's got. Didn't it. know we were going to go here yet. So hold on. There Stall. are two posters on Start the wall the show in his over. bedroom. Luke, Carmen Electra. No, no, it's Dan Lanning <laughs> and it's Aaron Rodgers. And those and are the two. The guy Fine that's men. starting for the Raiders. This I'm weekend. actually convinced, though, when it comes to Aaron Rodgers and Dan Lanning and the man crushes that Ryan has on them, Luke. Mm-hmm. I'm actually convinced if we went through Ryan's history, we would see Dan Lanning nude. And Aaron Rodgers nudes searched by by I think by this Aiden guy right O'Connell here. might be on that list. Too. Aiden O'Connell could be, Look. could be. All right, so here's. I think he just looked for speedo for that though. He's not quite at the nudes just yet. All right, oh, so um, I'm going to steal this actually from Kurt Bankart. And if you're at home, you're probably wondering who the hell's Kurt Bankart. Well, he is actually the former third string quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Now appears he it appears he works for a sleeper NFL NFL news highlights rumors and more. Anyway, he's a big nobody. Nobody cares. But uh, the reason I bring this up, so Aaron Rodgers today on social media, on the, the gram as the kids call it, Instagram, tweeted out a little more time, and it's his watch, and it has a 12, and it has, I think we're what signaling a 28 is- here. So Kurt Bankart, uh, he asks the question, is Aaron Rodgers aiming to return on December 28th against the Browns? Thursday night football. And I think he is, guys. Thursday night football, Jets, Browns, December 28th. Not saying. Just saying? I'm just saying. I think that's when Aaron Rodgers comes back. If that's a clue, if that's a tease, then there you go. I picture you in like a, a room like Charlie from um, Always Sunny, you know, the meme of him with all the different uh, the pictures on the wall, the conspiracy, the conspiracy meme with him, yeah. with him just going around and yeah. waving his hands. That's you. Yeah. That's you with this. So, guys, if you look, you got the 12 over here on the Rogers watch. You got the 28 back. over here. And if, if you look, 12 28, that's going to be when the Browns are playing. The, like, the, that's, that's we need, what it looked like to me. It's, need, pretty, it's pretty crazy, too, because if he need. did end up coming back, then it would be by far the quickest recovery ever from an Achilles. Well, would that be faster? the Cam Akers, though? So I, Cam I'm Akers, actually, that's what I was getting ready to yeah. say. With uh, It took him five and a half months. Okay. So, so it would take, what, three and a half? Yeah. That would be insane. Yeah. And that and that Achilles factory that he calls it, mm-hmm. uh, every person that has an Achilles injury, J.K. Dobbins is actually rehabbing there, too. I don't know if Kirk Cousins is going to. I think I heard it's a little bit of a different injury than Aaron Rodgers. His uh, is a little bit more, more severe. severe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Severe, so, that'd be the word. Yeah. I don't know if he also go, goes to spend time there. I don't know if that like that's... But this is, this is the best possible thing for this rehab place to have like that's everything now at this point this this procedure that was done then the rehab and everything for the faster healing i mean achilles injuries used to be like a full year oh yeah man. i mean clay thompson was out a full year kevin durant a full year i know they took their time a little bit this is this is rogers trying to make his way back but i mean 
ACLs used to be this way too, remember? Yeah. Me- me- look, medical science yeah. is always going to continue to advance. The question just becomes how fast and in what areas. Right, right. So if, if the ACL, which used to actually be, a, was looked at as a career-ending injury a lot of times in football. Yeah. I it mean, could end careers. And now guys pop back in and it's nothing. It would be pretty foolish for him to come back this season. I think so, too, but if he's playing maybe two more years, People then... thought it was foolish for Rocky to go yeah, and fight if, Von Drago in his territory. What, what ended barely, up happening? What if they're barely fighting? Von Drago killed Apollo Creed, Rocky's friend. Rocky still had the, excuse my language, balls to take that fight in Russia, and he beat him. You're telling me Aaron right, Rodgers can't come back and throw the football All right, if they're fighting pocket? for a playoff spot and it's possibility, then maybe... Right now they are. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Three. The, a- the AFC is a lot different than the NFC, though, so there's that. Right. All right, back to the NFC. Speaking of Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, he won't be out there, obviously, Big a quarterback. Game regardless. The Falcons are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Total's a low one here for obvious reasons. It's 37-and-a-half. Jaron Hall against Taylor Heineke. That's what we're looking Ooh. at now. I will tell you right now, having watched every single game that Taylor Heineke played in Washington, <laughs> advantage Taylor Heineke. He can move the ball up the field. The problem is the Washington offense, which is obviously different than what you've got in Atlanta right now, they were good from 20-yard line to 20-yard line. Terrible in the red zone, couldn't finish drives, ended in field goals, struggled to score 20 points. I could still see this game going under that 37.5. I could still see both teams struggling to score 20 points. I don't know what Jaron Hall looks like as a pro because this is his debut. We've never seen him out there before. What Taylor Heineke does well, though, is that he is able to extend plays with his legs. He is, if you remember Tony Romo in his prime, right, could scramble around, kind of avoid pressure, pocket breaks down, slips a couple of tackles, gets out there, throws on the run. Yeah. That would be what Taylor Heineke does. Not the best holder. Not No, not the best holder. That, that will live <laughs> on in infamy forever. But Heineke can do that as well. He also will have times, not a big arm, keep this in mind, not a big arm. Don't, Drake London's going to be out in this game. Not a lot of deep balls coming from Taylor Heineke. He'll make some great throws, and he'll make some boneheaded throws. I would expect a couple of turnovers from Heineke. I would also expect a couple of wow plays there. Again, Jaron Hall, we don't really know anything because this is his first start. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this game, as far as the side, I lean Atlanta. I think Atlanta's the better football team, and I think I actually have to upgrade them a little bit with Heineke. Like, we saw this in Washington. Carson Wentz clearly wasn't the guy. No. Like, but he is... Where is he playing now? Uh, oh, nowhere. That's nowhere, right. Nowhere, That's right. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. he's at home. Good job, but, Washington. Great, but great like, trade. But as far great as trade. talent, he has the stronger arm. He's the better. Um, he's the more talented quarterback than Heineke. But yes. Heineke stepped in that huddle, and they won some games and could have actually made the playoffs last year. Uh, Riverboat Ron didn't even know they were actually mathematically eliminated. Don't, we we don't speak of that anymore. We don't talk so, about that. <laughs> I think Atlanta, you got to upgrade them a little bit. It's a team that I bet their win total coming into the season anyway, thinking we're probably going to get Heineke because I'm just not a Desmond Ritter guy. But uh, i got a couple player props that I All do right. like in this game. You brought up Jaron Hall and how you were able to watch every Heineke game. I have a uh, pretty big sample size of Jaron Hall in... And what I liked here was uh, it was sixteen and a half. I, I actually found this out of scrap. I found paper. a better number. Jaron Hall, <laughs> my grandpa. Jaron Hall over fifteen and a half rushing so yards is what we're going to go with here. So Jaron Hall last year at BYU averaged six point two rushing attempts per game for almost thirty three rushing yards per game. Um, he doesn't have the strongest arm. I think he's going to be leaving the pocket a lot in this game, using his legs. Maybe we get some quarterback design runs. Obviously, a totally different quarterback than Kirk Cousins. So I'm going to go Jaron Hall over 15.5 rushing yards, minus 115 at BetMGM. Or you could get plus money if you shop around and you go one more yard at 16.5. But I do like Hall to go over on the rushing yards. And then you think young quarterback. I don't know what that means for Jordan Addison. I don't know what that means for a guy like K.J. Osborne. But 
TJ Hawkinson should continue to eat. And uh, opened up at four and a half, really juiced. There's some five and a halfs at even money as far as his receptions. I like this. You know, Atlanta right now using a bunch of too high coverage. League's third highest rate right now. And uh, that means that TJ Hawkinson's going to be open in the middle of the field in this game. He's seen a team high 25% target share the last uh, couple weeks against two high coverages. And it's actually, actually moved up to uh, 30% over the last three weeks without Justin Jefferson. So with all those looks on the defensive side of the ball, I like TJ Hawkinson. Over four and a half receptions or five and a half. I think he gets to at least six. And then Jaron Hall over 16 and a half rushing yards. So two Vikings props in that game. Nothing else for me. And the thing to keep in mind, too, is if the passing game isn't working for the Vikings, they don't have a run game to lean on. 73 yards a game on the ground, second lowest in the NFL. Yeah. So you don't have running backs like you would in, say, Indianapolis that you could lean on, which I got a bunch of props in that game, by the way, when it comes to the run game there. I will say this, though. The Vikings defense, you got to give them credit. They're allowing 13 points a game over the last three weeks. Like they've been at least been much better, better defensively. Much better defensively. This is important for both of these teams if you're looking at playoffs when you talk about the AFC and like Aaron Rodgers and all that. Like It's a lot harder in the AFC, but if you're sitting here right now, eight of the 13 teams that started 5-4 and four the past two seasons made the playoffs. Two of the eight teams that started 4-5 and five in the past two seasons make the playoffs. So basically, if you're 4-5, and a lot harder to make the playoffs than 5-4. and four. It may sound basic, may sound elementary, but we got a long history there. Yeah, Just that alone, enough of a sample size to tell you, this is an important game for playoff positioning for both the Vikings and the Falcons. I'm with you. I like the Falcons in this game. I think this is a team that just has more weapons because of the fact that you have that ability to run the football with some of those guys. I think you're just in a better spot right off the bat that if Heineke does struggle a little bit, you can lean on, hopefully for a change, maybe, Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier. Uh, but you, you just don't you don't know what you're going to get on the other side of things. The Falcons' defense also eighth in run-stop win rate. Yeah, so... That's the one area, yeah, they've... Like those, those combined, it's pretty much to me. I I, lo- I love I like I really like the Falcons in this, and I I don't see how the Vikings, unless you know Jaron Hall just comes out and is just there's not a lot of and, balls and that's the with one, no film on him. Yeah, and that's really what you do see sometimes, right? I mean, look at Tyler Bajent and what he was able to do. And we go back, we've seen quarterbacks do this time and time again. Nobody knows anything about them, and NFL players don't watch a lot of college football. No, and I know the teams will have a scouting department, you got coaches, they're going to look at film, they're going to go back and watch what he did in college. But the reality of it is it's not the same in the NFL, it's not the same in this offense. So it's one big giant question mark. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree, man. This game, um, I'd be shocked if Minnesota did find a way to win this game, but you just never know, like you said. I mean, there's no there's no tape of Hall. Um, that's why I'm just going to go with the player props. Give me some Hawkinson and some Hall. I like the Hawkinson. One. I think I might tell you on that. I've had some luck with Hawkinson this year, multiple games. Especially with a young quarterback, yeah. you know what I mean? The safety valve. Every I think, time. I think that's the way to go. Every time. God, we have so many backup quarterbacks out there right now in the NFL. There's some really bad quarterback matchups. I mean, we're going to get Carson. Uh, or Carson. We're, yeah, we're going to get Clayton Toon. This weekend, we're going to get, um, I don't, here, we've got, yeah, well, we had Will Levis already, Jaron Hall, Clayton Toon, Tyler Bajan, and then, uh, these are, well, these are just rookies alone, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Aiden O'Connell. So it's not even just backup quarterbacks, it's also rookie quarterbacks yeah. playing this weekend. Second, and Jordan Love's playing, he's no good. That would be the second most in a week since 1970 if all seven of these rookie quarterbacks actually start on su- on Sunday. Well, we already had one, so it's yeah. down to six. Right. Because we already had yeah, Will Levis, Levis out yesterday. There. So that's crazy to think, but, you know, this is why in the NFL, Quarterback, most important. Second most important position, left tackle. After that, backup quarterback. You just, you got to have it. You got to have a strong backup quarterback. Bet MGM tonight.
We'll be right back in just a few. Head over to BetMGM to place a better three. This is BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM, live from BetQL.